Welcome to To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast featuring mountain home real estate broker Robert Martin, who has over 25 years of experience assisting clients reach their goals and move forward. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation with experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents that explores the ins, outs, and specific nuances of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home in Evergreen, Conifer, Bailey, and surrounding areas to catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. Welcome to the podcast. Today, our guest is Brian Peterson with Bear Smart Durango. How are you doing today, Brian? Great. Thanks, Robert. Pleasure to be on. Yeah, well, really appreciate you jumping on. I'm looking forward to uh, the podcast. Uh, Tell me about yourself and your background. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) From Wisconsin, I was kind of thinking about this on the drive-in is like what drew me into animals and for whatever reason, I've, I've been enthralled and drawn to the, the West since I was a kid. Um, I used to be an illustrator, and as a kid, I would draw the animals of the Rockies all the time. I was never interested in African animals and tigers and all that stuff. What really hit me was elk and moose and mountain lions and grizzlies and, and caribou and all that. So I ended up moving out to Colorado in 96, um, came out here in 94, and I worked on a committee for an advisory committee for La Plata County that dealt with human and wildlife issues. And uh, human bear issues seemed to me to be something that was going to be an issue at some point. You said you were an illustrator, and that's kind of where you um, your interest uh, started with wildlife, but you're more so interested in um, wildlife in Colorado than anywhere else. Why do you yeah. think that was? I don't know. I think they were – I had a subscription to National Wildlife as a kid, so I think they kind of focused on those animals. But I was always interested in the West, you know, fur trappers, Native Americans, um, cowboys the wild west and i think you know kind of focused on the big game mammals of that time as well really sucked me in that's awesome and you ended up in colorado in 94 that's the year my wife and i moved here we actually moved from madison wisconsin my wife was uh getting a master's degree there at the uw um yeah i grew up south of madison in stilton okay Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. What is Bear Smart Durango, and what do you do? Yeah, I think I got cut off, but we had a really bad bear season in 2002, and I just put a bunch of people together that had any dealing with bears, and we started this community dialogue. And out of that, this educational group was formed, and that eventually turned into Bear Smart Durango, and we became a nonprofit in 2003. And we started off like so many other groups as we started off doing education. And then we had a couple of bad bear seasons and realized we needed to do something in addition. And we got the city and the county to pass bear and trash laws and slowly added more and more programs. So we started loaning out bear cans to people. 
Um, we started building the electric fences and we started loaning out like scare devices and stuff for people that were having bears trying to break into their house. So we started a fruit cleaning program, which was super helpful and, um, you know, feeds the community without feeding bears. And that's been, that's been great. I was actually talking to somebody, a friend up in Montana last night, and we were kind of commenting about how communities work towards becoming bear smart. And I think a lot of communities like in Boulder, and there's like 10 bear groups in Colorado that do something similar. They all kind of just by default end up doing the same things, but they do it in a way that works for their community. There was no guideline. This is how you do it. One size fits all. People just said, oh, well, this is a need. We should maybe keep bears out of trash, number one. So they deal with that. And then they move on to other things. Bears getting into fruit, you know, bears killing chickens, bears trying to break into homes and, and garages. And it's just this natural process. And you talk to these groups and they're all like, yeah, we're all kind of doing the same thing. And one thing that's come out of that is there's a a lot more effort on a national level for communities to work towards becoming bear smart. So there are now guidelines for that and, and communities can actually strive towards doing that. And we started something in Colorado that we just, it, we figured it made sense that there's maybe a dozen of the bear groups in, in various communities. Maybe it's a good idea to get together and talk and share resources maybe help each other work towards becoming better, you know, in reducing human bear conflict. And uh, that's been super helpful. So there's a group in Evergreen that's part of that and they're doing great things up there. So now you had mentioned uh, before we jumped on the call, the uh, Jefferson County bear coalition. So I assume that they're doing very similar things and you guys coordinate or visit and, and uh, see how you can help each other uh, with yeah. your organization and theirs. Yeah, Colorado Parks and Wildlife made a million dollars available last year for communities and groups to reduce human bear conflict. So we applied for funds down here as a kind of a consortium. The Jeffco Bear Coalition applied for funds and they got $67,000 for a number of all metal bear containers for uh, the parks. So, yeah, and those things are important. I mean, it's a uh... You know, we we want to live in harmony, but we also want to be safe. And and uh, you know, the bears want to eat, and and it's, if we can keep our trash safe, which is like you said, one of the probably the most important things, or one of. Yeah. What have you learned, uh, Brian, from attending the regional and international bear conferences? What types of things do you glean from those events? Wow. Um, like I said, these communities all kind of end up doing the same things by default, but. Um, at these conferences, you talk to people that have been, like in Montana, they deal with grizzlies. They've been, you know, doing this for a couple decades and they're way ahead of everybody. So they've already tried and tested a, a bunch of mitigation and um, products and, and whatnot. And we've learned a lot from them. We just had a international human bear conflict workshop in Lake Tahoe in October. About 300 people attended, people from all over the world. There's bear issues, human bear issues in India and South America and Mexico and Europe and whatnot. So, um, 
great to hear different strategies for dealing with conflict and that a lot of what we came up with down here on our own, uh, people have been doing elsewhere with great effect. So, so at one time, Brian, we had grizzly bears in Colorado and we haven't for many, many years. And why yeah. is that? Uh, the last one was killed in 1979 um, down in southeast Colorado uh, by an elk hunter. And that was it. There's been a couple possible sightings recently. I mean, I mean, right after that, but it's been a long time since there's been a credible sighting of grizzly. So uh, they were like every like wolves in Colorado. You, the, the plains used to be littered with wolves in Colorado, and mm-hmm. they all wiped out for you know food and by the egg industry and and whatnot. So gotcha. Let's say that what living close to black bears, what should people consider? And, you know, what are some of the uh, overall concepts that you, if you're moving to the area or you're new to the area, you're not familiar with living in the habitat with bears? What are some things that people should consider? Yeah, there's there's kind of uh, two groups of people, you know, people that love seeing bears, enjoy having them around, think that's great. And then groups that, you know, one bear in, in your county is too many. And I thought that the people still aren't getting, especially newcomers, people that aren't familiar with, with bears, is that there's a reason bears are around people in houses. And that's, you know, most likely because they're they're finding human food sources like trash and bird feeders and pet food and, and uh, domestic apples, you name it. So, you know, if you're one of those that doesn't like having bears around or even someone who does, but realizes that that's maybe not good for both people and bears. There's a few things you can do. And the most, most notably is locking up those food sources, you know, get a bear resistant trash can, you know, make sure bears aren't getting into your trash. And a really nice thing about those is, you know, bears do break into garages. They do break into sheds. We've told people for decades, store your trash can in your garage. Well, then you get, you have $1,500 worth of damage to your garage from a bear trying to get at your trash. You can have a bear resistant trash can, keep it outside 24 seven and bears can't get in and you don't have property damage. So uh, probably the number two attractant is bird feeders. Um, it's a real tough issue. People love feeding birds. Uh, I have so many friends that understand the bear issue and refuse to give up bird feeding. And it's the number two, probably the number two cause of hum- all human bear conflict in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to feed birds without feeding bears. Uh, people say, well, I bring mine in at night. It's well, you're aware that bears can come by during the day. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, half of the problem. And, you know, so there's a whole list of attractants that bring bears to your house. They've got incredible milk. They've got an incredible sense of smell, seven times better than the best dog and 100 to two times, 200 times better than us. So they smell these. You had mentioned, Brian, about uh, putting, um, you know, put, having a bear resistant trash can outside and leaving it outside 24 seven. We had a, we had a bear in our garage, uh, oh, probably two years ago, trying to pull our trash can out through the garage door. And 
by the time I got out there, it, it, it scared the bear away and such. But yeah, that's a good point. And that's something I think that people might not might not be aware of or even think about moving to the area. So would you contact your um, your waste management company that to get those trash cans? They have they have those and they sell them or do you have to do anything to your trash can to make it bear safe or um it depends if they're offered in your area in your mm-hmm. area. They weren't available here for county residents for a long time up until maybe five years ago or mm-hmm. very few people had them. So the city of Durango is slowly swapping out all the bear cans or all the trash cans in town to be bear resistant. Mm-hmm. If you live in the county, you call your waste hauler or call any of the waste haulers and and uh, you can get a, a bear resistant trash can. Okay. But, you know, you'd have to look into that up in Jeffco. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just check whoever uh, does your uh, your recycling and your trash collection yeah. and see if they have those types of um, receptacles. What else, Brian? I know food, the food element uh, with the bears is very important. Other things that uh, people can, can consider making their home bear safe or is it mainly uh, with their, uh, you know, with their interest in eating and their their very uh, fine-tuned sniffer. Um, anything else that, that you may want to be cognizant of as far as making your home bear safe? I, th- I think by far, you know, if you have attractants on your property, that's the, the number one deal. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't remove attractants, you'll keep having bears come by. So a lot of times and- people say, I want this bear dealt with, but they don't want to clean up their attractants. And it's, that, mm-hmm. that just, you can remove a bear. They can be captured and relocated. Um, and another bear will just come in. So yeah. Yeah, probably the number one factor is just getting rid of food. I'd also want to know a bit about bear behavior. I'd want to know, you know, if you have kids, talk to them about, you know, come up with a game plan. If a bear is in your yard, chances are nothing will happen. But, you know, there is a risk associated with having bears around uh, people in so come up with a game plan of what to do. This is how you react if a, if a bear is around, if you encounter a bear. And these are some things you can do to be safe. Probably another huge thing is I'm sure you have a lot of people that recreate with dogs up there. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge issue with, uh, with bears and dogs. Um, so if you're a- out hiking, make sure your dog's on a leash or you have a good, good handle on where your dog's at, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to say because I never have my dog on a leash when I'm on yeah. hiking. <laughs> I assume that risk. I always have cans, uh, a can of bear spray with when I'm hiking. That's a uh, that's a huge thing as well. But uh, off leash dogs cause a lot of problems with bears, especially with females defending cubs. So yeah. that's a huge issue. That's generally where you hear people come or have an encounter with a bear or with a a sow or mother that's got cubs or something. What how, what would you recommend, Brian, when someone does have an encounter with a black bear? How should they react and how should they uh, um, kind of, you know, get through that situation? Yeah, this is probably a two-hour conversation, but <laughs> I would think the first thing in that situation is to do whatever you can to not be in that that situation in the first place. And I actually talked to somebody online a couple weeks ago and they said, I hate it when people make uh, recommend that people make noise in the backcountry. You know, that should be quiet and surreal and serene. And uh, whenever I'm, I'm in bear country, I, I talk, I, probably the best thing you can do is not be in the woods by yourself. 
have your mm-hmm. dog on a leash, carry bear spray. It's best to hike in groups. It's best to make noise. Um, if you encounter a bear, it, it, everything's based on what the bear is doing. It doesn't matter if it's a grizzly, if it's a black bear, whatever. It's Your reaction is based on what the bear is doing. And your reaction will, in, in a lot of ways, inform that bear's reaction. So if you do all the right things, bear does all the right things, everything's great. But uh, there's a few kinks in that where things can go sideways in a hurry. But there, there's so many people out recreating, you know, the, the chance of, an, of something unfortunate happening is incredibly low. But as we learned down here, you know, we had a, a local resident out hiking with her two dogs and was killed and partially consumed by a, a black bear and her two cubs. So it does happen. And uh, people should be aware of it. You certainly want to keep your distance and be respectful. It seems that they really don't want a lot to want anything to do with humans unless, you know, it's an encounter that's, uh, you know, took them by surprise or they do have young ones Um, in that situation. Would you throw things? Would you try? You don't try to run. Correct. I mean, you just um, I know that sometimes I've talked to friends that hunt and uh, that spend a lot of time in the outback or one at the Arctic National Refuge. And he said he's been charged by bears. That happens at times where they charge, but they don't actually, they come within a certain amount of feet of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which would probably, you know, fill your britches up with something, but uh, that would be a little concerning. But uh, so. Yeah, it definitely wakes you up. I've been uh, bluff charged a few times. And what I've always found interesting is with uh, bluff charges is you don't know if it's a bluff charge until. Yeah. <laughs> did make contact but yeah that's i'm a huge proponent of bear spray i can't talk uh-huh. about gotcha enough. yeah it doesn't yeah. mean you an idiot in the woods and and go chase you know bear cubs with their mom around it's just it's a great tool to have in you know if, if things really go sideways like i said before yeah good point brian that's um you should have that in your pack or with you when you're out and about and what's um, all is that it, it's I don't think there's been research on it, but it does work on mountain lines and even, oh. you know, a bow out that, you know, you, mm-hmm. you get too close to on a trail. So or I wonder it, a moose too, maybe moose seem to be a little aggressive at times, possibly. Yeah. It's just, you know, with the bear, they've got that huge, super sensitive nose. Uh-huh. When you spray it, you spray this cloud of basically red pepper and it totally in- incapacitates the bear, totally mm-hmm. shuts it down. It breathe, its eyes sting. Um, it just, you know, shuts the bear down and allows you time to do something else. Probably, you know, you asked before about a bear encounter. Probably the best thing to do is, you know, realize, you know, don't be wearing earplugs when you're out hiking. Pay attention. Look for, you know, if you see bear sign, maybe that's a that should tell you this. Maybe I should turn around and go back. But if you see a bear. You know, just start, you know, say, hey, bear, it's just me. I don't mean any harm. And walk backwards the way you came. And hopefully that that does it. There is the odd possibility or the rare possibility that it's a, it's a predatory black bear. But that's incredibly rare. It does happen. But if a bear follows you, looks super intent, has its head down, that's something you, you would have to pay a lot of attention to. I think a big problem is people are so interested in posting videos 
Do you think uh, black bears, Brian, are hibernating for less time? And if so, why do you think that's happening? Yeah, they've talked about that for a bit. And that was one of the results of the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Durango Bear Study is they saw females in dens hibernating less over the course of six years. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense with climate change that that's going to be one of the results. And I can't remember the number, but bears were would be spending like 40 less days in dens by something like that. And I, where the problem there is, is that just puts bears out on the landscape for a greater period of the year, which Mm -hmm. exposes them, you know, increased conflict. Right. Right. More interaction or more possibility for interaction. So what was it like for you, Brian, uh, to win the animal advocate of the year in 2019? That was pretty neat. You know, I think um, having one of their officers do bear and trash enforcement in the county starting the spring, which is huge. We haven't had a dedicated bear and trash officer um, yet. So this has the potential to make a huge difference here. But yeah, I was incredibly honored. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Congratulations on that. Sounds like well-deserved. And what does it mean, um, you know, to be a, a good animal advocate, what does that mean? I mean, it's kind of encompasses what we're talking about here and what your whole purpose is. Not exactly sure how to answer that. I think, you know, the thing that has always interested uh, me in, in this issue is it's just one big, huge puzzle to solve. And there are so many roadblocks. So if you're into bears, this is probably not the position for you. It's all the grunt work, um, thankless uh, Zoom meetings and dealing with officials and just banging your head up against the wall trying to figure out or solve this puzzle. And you're going to learn way more about trash than you'd ever want to. You're going to hear all the reasons why this can't be done. But as other communities have shown, communities like Snowmass, Telluride, fail. They figured this out decades ago. And I think you just have to figure out as an advocate how to reach that goal. And a lot of just having the right people in your community that can affect change and getting the people that have the highest ability to affect change to do so. That's been the hardest thing here is there's only so much I can do. I can go in and, and tell the city or the county, this is what you need to do. These are what other communities have done. This would be helpful here. But you really need the whole community behind you to make demands. Like we'll have vote when we first started that you're not going to get anything done until you have a real popular bear that a bunch of people know get euthanized hmm. or somebody gets attacked or, or killed by a bear. You know, we had plenty of the first and one of the latter, and it's still hard to make progress. Yeah, you don't want those types, that type, that's that latter situation to happen. But it's so important because we do live in their natural habitat and we want to live in harmony and, and we want to have, you know, you know, a great life, a peaceful life and enjoy, you know, where we live. And, right. and uh, you know, you're so right with the communities that have done it. You know, when you go to Vail, there's, you know, the bear safe trash cans everywhere. And, and uh, so 
that's important for everywhere. And we see, we do see it, you know, in open space parks, Brian, where they have those types of trash cans and campgrounds and different things. And but just for somebody that's considering a move that does live in the, in the foothills or in, in a you know a bare habitat, just to be aware of those things. Uh, some people don't uh, don't have the interest, I guess, in learning about them. But I think it's important for most people to at least aspire to, you know, to get some knowledge on it. And I think most people do over time. They learn that, you know, there's certain things you should and shouldn't do. Um, well, I really appreciate it, Brian. I'm sorry about uh, the internet problems. We've kind of been in and out a little bit there. Yeah. But um, <laughs> where can people go to learn more about black bears and uh, bear smart uh, Durango? Yeah, um, we're pretty active on, on our Facebook page. Uh, we post a fair amount. Um, so that's Bear Smart Durango on Facebook. And then our website is bearsmartdurango.org. We're also on Instagram. But okay, that's great. Just before this was interesting was that people don't care. And the thing I've found is that that's true. A lot of people don't care until they have a bear breaking into their vehicle or breaking into their car or killing their chickens. Then they yeah. understand. Uh, yeah. General. <clears throat> so I think part of it is how do you reach those people before that? And yeah. how do you people that most need to hear the message? Because it's good for them and it's good for the bear population as well. Yeah. You know, we want to yeah. keep them safe and, and vibrant. So anything you'd like to add, Brian, before, um, before we well, go from, that we didn't touch on? Yeah, the, the Jeffco Bear Coalition, they've got a public forum, forum coming up sometime at the beginning of March. And you can contact Barbara Gertz, that's G-E-R-T-Z, on their Facebook page, and that's Jeffco Bear Coalition. Otherwise, you can email her at bearawareevergreen at gmail.com. And they'd love volunteer assistance that your community can provide. But yeah, it's been a great pleasure, Robert. And thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing your information. And and uh, I would encourage local residents to uh, um, reach out to the Bear Coalition and Jeffco and uh, for more information or if you want to volunteer. Um, it could be a really fun experience. Thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Robert. To the Foothills a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast. On the podcast, I interview real estate experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents who enjoy the serenity and lifestyle of living in our mountain communities. Tune in each week for a conversation that explores the ins and outs of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home and catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.